bringing clarity to the term Christian. Part 2. Christians commit to Scripture. Thank you for coming back to Powerful God Practical Faith. My name is Daniel Cody. In our last blog post, we introduced a blog series called Bringing Clarity to the Term Christian. Now on this blog post, we will be explaining Statement 1 of our 14 summary statements, which will detail what a Christian is. So let's begin. Statement 1 says, A Christian is a person who has submitted himself to the truth and authority of the Bible as the only inspired and infallible Word of God, in which God has revealed Himself to man and is the means by which God introduces, provides, and sustains the Christian life to whomever He so chooses. Now at first glance, this statement may seem to be out of sequence with the rest of the statements we have offered, or at best, it may seem to be better placed sequentially somewhere other than at the beginning. It was very purposeful that I placed this statement first. The reason I believe this statement should begin our list is because without God speaking, without God giving His declarations, decrees, and truths about Himself and His creation, there is no such thing as a Christian. The foundation of Christianity itself rests on what God has spoken. The Christian acknowledges that the Holy Scriptures is God's means of revealing Himself and His plan to mankind. Now many people believe that the Holy Scriptures, which we also call the Bible, is just a collection of ancient documents written by men, selected by men, and used by men to manipulate and coerce the masses into adhering to some code of conduct or behavior, moral or otherwise, for the sole purpose of social and spiritual control. But nothing could be further from the truth. In the book of 2 Timothy, God, through the writing of Paul, that great apostle and martyr for Jesus Christ, defined what Scripture actually is. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 Paul, when he originally wrote this letter to Timothy in the Greek language of his day, he used a unique term that we often translate as inspired in English. The original Greek term was theanostas. This word is a combination of two words, theos, meaning God, and neo, meaning to breathe out or breathe. Therefore, Paul described the whole of the Holy Scriptures as God breathed. This is an incredibly expressive term, meaning simply that the Bible is God's word coming directly from Him to us. The Bible was God truly speaking to us. God is the author of the Bible. I often wonder if Christians, myself included, sincerely take the time to consider and recognize the Bible as God breathed. The Bible, especially here in America, where it can still be printed and read freely, 
is often taken for granted. Even though it is perhaps the most printed work of antiquity of any kind, many of us don't realize what we really possess in owning the Holy Scriptures and what it cost so many before us, many with their lives even, to preserve it and to deliver it to us. In this great passage by Paul, the purpose God has given his scripture is very clear. For teaching, to impart knowledge or understanding of God's truth. For reproof, to tell us of the wrong we have done against God and his truth. For correction, to tell us how things can be made right with God in light of his truth. And for training, to tell us how to live consistently in God's truth. This, in summary, is the whole reason why the Holy Scriptures exist. I believe every book and every verse in the Bible was placed there by God to achieve these four very powerful actions. Because the Bible is God speaking, and because the Christian believes that God is holy and perfect in all things, it then follows that whatever God speaks to us is holy, perfect, and infallible, meaning without error. To put it plainly, if God is righteous, then whatever he speaks or breathes out is right. Here are just a few selected passages from Psalms chapter 18, chapter 33, and several from chapter 119 that expresses the consistent theme of God's word being synonymous with his character. As for God, his way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tried or proven. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. Psalm chapter 18, verse 30. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. Psalm chapter 33, verse 4. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. You have commanded your testimonies in righteousness and exceeding faithfulness. Psalms chapter 119 verses 137 through 138. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. Psalm chapter 119 verse 142. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting. Psalm chapter 119 verse 160. Let my tongue sing of your word. For all of your commandments are righteousness. Psalm chapter 119, verse 172. Now there may be a number of us who don't have a problem with God speaking to us through his sacred scriptures, but do have a problem with the means by which he chose to produce those sacred scriptures, namely by using men to write them. Therefore, because God used men to write the Bible, some draw the conclusion that what Christians claim to be Holy Scripture could not be infallible and thus are simply stories, sayings, and semi-accurate accounts of events observed by men and nothing more. Understanding this argument, it surely would not have been difficult at all for God to use some other means to communicate to us in and through time and to simply exclude men in this process altogether. But God, by His free will and sovereign choice, decided to use men in a very special way to produce God-breathed words. Another well-known follower and martyr for Jesus Christ, the Apostle Peter, wrote this notable statement. 
For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. In this declaration by Peter, we find yet another interesting term God uses to express his activity in giving his word to us. The word we translate as moved in this verse is the Greek term pheromonoi, which means to bear or to be carried along. If this word looks somewhat familiar to you, it is probably because it is a very similar word you may have used or come across in your natural science class. The word is pheromone, which is a chemical emission by an animal, which was given to animals by God, I might add, that when sensed by other animals of like species, influences or changes their behavior for a specific purpose. Scientists adopted this word because they recognize and define this invisible transmitter-like emission as a necessary communication carrier for many animals, altering their typical course of life in order to signal danger, target new food sources, find homes, and make preparations to produce and nurture additional offspring. What I have read and watched documentaries on related to animal pheromones is rather amazing. In a similar fashion, Peter is saying that even though God's word was never derived from a human source, in the course of human activity, God the Holy Spirit supernaturally influenced, guided, or carried along men in order for them to speak words that could only originate from God himself. I'm intrigued by the terms God breathed and carried along because they really speak of God's unique ability to engage human experience while at the same time use it supernaturally to speak to us. When we read the Bible, we realize that God used a vast number of men, many of which were several centuries apart from one another in time, with different personalities, lifestyles, temperaments, social backgrounds, and life experiences to construct a fluid, common, consistent, and harmonious record that could only have been planned, directed, and authored by God himself. When taken as a whole, and in the context in which it was written, the Bible was truly a supernatural work. Therefore, when we state that the Christian has submitted himself to the authority of Scripture, I mean that he has accepted the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, as completely true. I don't mean that he has attained full knowledge of what all the Bible means. But what I do mean is that the Christian who has been brought to faith in Jesus Christ through the Word of God has willfully conceded to its truth and validity and seeks to grow further in the knowledge and understanding of it. Now I also know that a Christian's submission and commitment to the Holy Scriptures could never derive from just an intellectual knowledge of it. It is both head knowledge and heart knowledge. It is spiritual revelation coupled with reason. I have read books and heard many messages and debates that give positive arguments on the authenticity of the Bible. It's often ignored agreement with science, its consistency with non-biblical historical records, and many other intellectual quote-unquote proofs, and I sincerely believe them. But I also know that there will be another person looking at those same sources of information who will reject the Bible in total and be convinced despite evidence to the contrary that the Bible is untrue and unreliable. Why is this? 
The reason is that you really know the truth of the Holy Scriptures is to have the truth giver reveal truth to you. For the Christian, the reception of truth and subsequently salvation are both gifts from God. I end this blog post with two Bible passages, one a command given to Timothy by the Apostle Paul, and the other a quote of Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3, given by Jesus in the book of Matthew. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4 Thank you for listening, and come back for part 3 of Bringing Clarity to the term Christian. My name is Daniel Cody. See you next time and God bless.